Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Jayla Thornton, the host of the Black Colleges Sports and Education Foundation weekly podcast, where we impact students, athletes, their families, and supporters with vital tools and information that will impact their decisions on educational opportunities and careers. Today, we have an exciting guest, Dr. Kevin James, who is the president at Morris Brown College. Hi, Dr. James. How are you today? I am doing just fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great trying to maintain during this pandemic. Hey, I think that's something we're all trying to do. <laughs> Definitely. I hope so I see you attend this. <laughs> oh, yes. I hope you are, too. It's yeah. crazy right now. So I see you attend this South Carolina State. How was the HBCU experience for you? Oh, wow. My HBCU experience was phenomenal. I attended South Carolina State from 1995 to 1999, and the way that I ended up at South Carolina State, I really wanted to participate in the marching one-on-one band, and uh, Mm -hmm. I received a music scholarship uh, to South Carolina State, and I truly, truly enjoyed my experience uh, at SESU. I uh, was a music education major, but ended up my senior year uh, transferring uh, my major and then transferring to another university. But my, my four years at South Carolina State were phenomenal. That is great. I currently go to HBCU. I go to Howard University. I play basketball there. So it's definitely good to hear that you said your HBCU experience was phenomenal. Good. Um, where are you from? I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina, uh, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. Well, I want to say congratulations on your appointment as president of Morris Brown College. Um, I also know that the college faced some issues in the past. Um, What is your vision for rebuilding the institution? So my vision for rebuilding Morris Brown first is to do something that no other HBCU has done in history. The first historically black college was started in 1837, and since that time we've had hundreds of HBCUs. I believe it was about 125, 130 HBCUs. Today, we only have 101 remaining. And so when you lose your accreditation for this amount of time, you close. It's a death sentence. And so Morris Mm -hmm. Brown College is slated to be the first HBCU in history to come back 20 years after losing its accreditation. And so that is my top priority right now is to get the school accredited, Um, We want to get our financial stability in order. We want to be financially stable so we can, uh, you know, live within our means and do everything we need to do to operate effectively and efficiently. And then also we want to make sure that our governing structure is in place and that we're able to govern this university appropriately, effectively, and efficiently. And, you know, my goal is for Morris Brown to be the most affordable private HBCU in the state of Georgia and for this institution to grow and for us to be a phenomenal educator of the youth and the uh, future leaders of this country. So in 2019, I know that Morris Brown College was approved as an institute of higher learning by the Georgia Non-Public Post-Secondary Education Commission. Um, Do you feel this is a positive step for the university? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's been almost 20 years since we've been approved as a college to operate Um, uh, effectively. And so um, this was our mini accreditation where we were able to uh, meet with the state of Georgia and they came in and vetted all of our academic programs, 
our facilities, our governing structures, our policies, procedures, et cetera, and we were able to get that stamp of approval to be a college here in the state of Georgia. Not to mention that was a requirement for us to submit our accreditation application. So it all worked together towards the journey of being a fully accredited institution. Um, what is your plan for rebuilding the sports program? Well, right now, uh, sports is not on my top priority of uh, mm-hmm. my, on my list of top priorities, so to speak. Um, my priorities are what I mentioned, governance, accreditation, and financial stability. However, um, it is something that we want to look at down the line. People ask, people ask me on a daily basis, when am I going to bring the band back? When am I going to bring football back? When am I going to bring basketball back? So, you know, my answer is I'm pro all of those things, um, but our, our priority right now is accreditation. Definitely, step by step. I understand. Did you um, play any sports growing up? I ran track in high school. Um, I did the two-mile and the pole vault. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what I did. I was in the marching band. So some folks say, is marching band a sport? I'm going to say, yes, it is. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I definitely do. Um, being a collegiate athlete myself um, at Howard University, I could definitely say sports has taught me a lot. Um, is there anything that you learned from sports that you were able to carry with you throughout your life? Oh, absolutely. Uh, perseverance, discipline, um, never giving up. You know, I was one of the few black pole vaulters uh, in Columbia, South Carolina when I was in high school. And so oh, wow. being able to learn a sport that was 95% uh, non-black, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was in a position where I had to really persevere and, and, and do twice as hard and work twice as hard just to be equal. And so I would definitely say that sports always um, is an opportunity for you to grow, to develop, and to, to quite frankly, just learn the, the skill sets that you're going to need to be able to compete. How did you feel personally about being a minority in that sport during that time? Well, <laughs> going into pole vaulting, uh, I knew that it was something different. You know, you didn't see a lot of mm-hmm. African-Americans doing the pole vault. And so uh, it, was a, it was an opportunity to grow for me. It was a challenge. And so I, I felt fine about it. I, I, I knew what I signed up for. You know, however, I, I believe nowadays, you know, diversity is critically important, strategic diversity um, of making sure that, that every area of, of endeavor, every field of human endeavor is represented um, with diversity. And so I was fine with it, but, you know, we, we need to do as much as we can to make sure that everything that we do is diverse. Definitely. Um, do you have a favorite athlete? Well, I'm going to say LeBron. I know that you probably don't like LeBron, <laughs> but, you know. No, I uh, do. I do. I love LeBron. You, I love what he does you do. okay. on the court, but also what he does off the court. I feel like he's a huge ambassador for a lot of things that go off the court, especially with everything going on in society with the social injustice right now and even everything from down to education. Like how you said education is a big thing now for Morris Brown College, how he opened the I Promise School. So just everything that he's doing. I love, of course, I love basketball because I'm a basketball player, but I love to see these athletes stepping out of their comfort zone and doing things to help society. 
Yeah, I, I love what he's done with his school. I've also just saw an article recently about, you know, him helping uh, folks to be able to vote. And, and you know, I, I think that yep. athletes should use their platforms to positively impact their communities. You know, I, I, I was um, watching a documentary recently, uh, ac- uh, athletic documentary, where the athlete mentioned that he didn't feel like he was a politician and did not feel that he was a role model. And while, you know, mm-hmm. he might have been true about the, it might have been true about him not being a politician, you definitely, you know, have to use your platform when you are up on that stage to be able to positively impact the communities that you represent and serve. And so, you know, um, I think that LeBron is doing a good job of that. And, of course, you know, Muhammad Ali back in the day, he, he did a pretty good job of that as well. Definitely. Definitely. You never know who's watching. You never know. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, as athletes, we look at ourselves as just ourselves, you know, like, oh, little old me, but you don't know how many younger kids or even adults that are looking up to you. So like you said, using that platform is extremely beneficial, especially getting people to really listen because you already have the, you know, the fans, just everybody's watching you anyway. They're watching your move constantly, especially at the professional level. So I definitely love how everybody's using their platforms right now. Absolutely. Um, How do you feel about the SIAC plans for fall sports? Could you repeat that? Um, How do you feel about the SIAC plans for fall sports? Well, we're not in the SIAC. Um, I believe, did they they end up um, canceling sports for the fall, or did they decide to move forward with it? I'm not sure. I believe so. I know a lot of universities um, have been canceling fall sports. I know even us for Howard, the MEAC, they canceled fall sports. So that's just been kind of like a major discussion going on right now. Right. Yeah, I feel right now that student, and this is my personal opinion as a leader of an HBCU, yep. my students come first. And so mm-hmm. I was one of the first here in Atlanta to make the decision a few months ago that we would be 100% online for the fall. Okay, I didn't even wait for others. I went ahead and said, you know what, we're going to make sure that our students remain at home and stay at home, and we're going to go 100% online. We've already mm-hmm. poured into online programs by hiring a new registrar. We hired a new director of online learning. Uh, we've hired new faculty members to support online learning. And so I, I think that you have to be very, very careful um, with, with this COVID-19. Here in Georgia, where I'm located, the numbers are spiking. People are still dying. The, the numbers are increasing. And so... Um, we, you just have to be very careful with that. Now, I'm not, you know, downplaying any of my colleagues who've made the decision to, to open up for the fall. However, they must have a very detailed strategic plan in place to make sure that the student athletes, the students, the faculty, the staff, everybody, that they are safe. And uh, I, I think that, um, that Morris Brown made the right decision to go online for the fall. I definitely agree with you, and it feels good to hear you say that because for a lot of student athletes, I can honestly say that a lot of us are uneasy about what's going to happen. You know, how how are they going to do this? Like, how are we going to make sure that, you know, we are social distancing properly? Um, how are we going to go about us, you know, 
athletes, we sweat. You know, you play with the same ball, just everything like that. Like, that's a major concern. But as of now, like you said, it's not downplaying anybody. It's just waiting to see what the future holds. But at the same time, I feel like as an athlete, I love to speak about these things because we are the ones that are going out there playing, you know. So that's the scary part as well. You never want to be playing and get in contact with something and, God forbid, you know, you give it to your family, just anything or somebody else. Like, it's just it's just scary, but as of now, you know, all we could do is keep pushing. We can't just kind of let it stop life, you know, but it's definitely a topic of concern. Absolutely. Well, you be be careful, and, uh, again, we just need to make sure we're following everything with the CDC and and just try to stay as safe as we can. Most definitely. So I know last month the hot topic was McCure Maker committing to Howard University. Do you feel this was a huge step for HBCUs athletically? Absolutely. I actually posted it on my social media page, and then, um, you know, I actually want to do some research on this and and write on this. I believe that a way that we can really change the dynamic uh, of the conversation regarding Black Lives Matter and, and and the like are by going through athletics and sports, these major PWIs, um, they put millions and millions and millions of dollars into their sports. And a lot of these teams are, are you know, they're, they're, their top players are African-American. And mm-hmm. um, I saw just yesterday Liberty University, who has a controversial president, um, some of his black players are now transferring out of Liberty University. Um, because they felt like the, they weren't valued as African Americans, and, and 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 that the leaders of that institution um, were not really sensitive to, to 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 their culture and to their needs. And so I, I foresee many athletes either transferring from these PWIs to HBCUs or coming straight out of high school selecting HBCUs. Um, the data is showing that the numbers at HBCUs um, are increasing when it comes to folks who, in a normal situation, may have gone to a PWI to play basketball or football or something like that. So I think that him taking that first step as a top five athlete in this country going to an HBCU, I believe that others will follow. And I believe that if we do this correctly and, and, and and we take this as our bargaining chip, that a lot of uh, folks will start to listen. Yes. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Black College's Sports and Education Foundation weekly podcast, and our guest is Dr. Kevin James, who is the president of Morris Brown College. But, yes, Dr. James, I definitely agree, especially being a Howard University athlete right now, I could definitely feel the buzz. Um, despite everything going on with COVID-19, it's a huge step. Like, the fact that he did that when it came across ESPN, because I watch First Take Undisputed, all that stuff with my dad all the time, and when it just came across the screen, I knew that this happening was going to take a huge step because we all can say that we're going to do it, but he actually took the initiative to do it. So, like you I do feel like this is going to have others follow. Like, it's not – and, of course, all recruits are great to me. Like, I feel like ranking does not determine the player. But the fact that he was 
type of recruit and had the type of um, offers that he had, and he still chose Howard, like, it, it makes a big deal. I know people love to say, it's only one, it's only one, but it starts with one. That's what I feel. Absolutely. It starts with one. Absolutely. So absolutely. it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. I agree with everything you're saying. And I've been diving deeper into it, too, because it's, it's a bigger picture to everything. You know, people just look at it for athletics, but it just gives everything exposure, like the school exposure. Um, HBCUs will start to get exposure because I feel like definitely more people will follow. And I feel like men and women, you know, I feel like women, too, like top recruits, you never know. So absolutely. I feel – I feel like this is definitely a good step. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I also see that you serve um, as CEO of the 100 Black Men of America and on the Board of Directors of Girls um, Incorporated in Columbus, Georgia. To the families of the youth that may be listening, what advice would you give them about the importance of getting an education at an HBCU? Yeah. You know, I've had the opportunity to attend both black colleges as well as PWIs, primarily white institutions. And I Mm -hmm. can say from firsthand experience that the education at an HBCU is different because the professors, um, you know, I've never had so many professors that looked like me, came from where I came from, um, could, could really hone in on who I was as an individual like I did with my professors at HBCUs. I can remember my HBCU professors' names right now 25 years later. I cannot tell you anybody's <laughs> <Yes>. name <laughs> from, from some of the other institutions that I, that I went to. You know, mm-hmm. there's no other organization outside of the black church that impacts the black middle class like historically black colleges and universities. I mean, the the proof is in the pudding. We're only 3% of higher education institutions. However, we educate 90% of black doctors, lawyers, pharmacists, teachers, preachers, um, scientists. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so just who we are as an institution um, completely, completely impacted who this country is and just the, the fabric of who we are as black people in this nation. And so I would encourage all of your listeners, look at a historically black college. You're going to yep. receive a phenomenal education at a black college. You're going to receive a cultural experience. You're going to see teachers who look like you and who value you and who, who hold your hand and, and walk with you and talk with you and pour into you like none other. And so I would encourage uh, all of your listeners to please consider a historically black college or university. I definitely agree. And even with being in the recruitment process, I had um, PWIs looking at me as well in HBCU. And, you know, of course, at that age when it comes to sports, you mostly hear about the PWIs, which I, I don't disagree with PWIs or anything. I'm just an advocate for HBCUs. But – when I went, I know, like, everything that you're saying, that's everything I was hearing. But I really want people to sometimes, if you can, take a tour, go there, see a game, or just anything, you know, like, get the feel. Because when I went there physically and was able to feel the cultural diversity and just see all the positive things going on around me pertaining to the African-American community, it was just great. Like, I felt like, oh, my God, like, this is the place for me. 
So I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Like, it's definitely a a one-in-a-lifetime experience. And you are at a phenomenal institution, Howard University, which, by the way, is the mother, the home of the greatest fraternity on the planet, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, founded at Howard University. So I had to throw that in there because you go to Howard. Yep. I was definitely (laughs) going to ask you about that, too. I was definitely going to ask you. But, yes, the the fraternity thing at our school, you, you know how it is. You know HBCUs. It's definitely serious, and I just love to see it. I just love to see everything about HBCUs, just diversity and everything. It's just definitely great to see and feel and be around. Absolutely. So the Black Colleges Sports and Education Foundation offers a comprehensive prep course called CPAP, and it offers high school students and athletes a seamless transition for prospective students and athletes who wish to attend a four-year, two-year, or specialized vocational training institution. So after hearing about this program, do you feel a program of this sort may be beneficial to your recruitment efforts? Sure. Absolutely. You know, any organization that wants to pour into the youth to help to uh, get them to college, get them to the to, to the to where they need to be to get the education that they're going to need to be able to compete, I'm, I'm all for it. And so working, um, you know, with organizations such as yours, you know, I think is a great opportunity to, to pour into the youth. Definitely. How do you feel about communities giving our youth the information pertaining to HBCUs? For instance, um, I would say that when I was growing up, of course, my family informed me a lot, but I didn't hear about it a lot when it comes to my educational experience pertaining to high schools. So what do you feel that we can do to advance that? Well, I believe that there needs to be more mentorship in the communities where folks are in front of these kids. You know, that's why I took a a really strong liking to the 100 black men of America, the 100 black men of Atlanta specifically, because Mm -hmm. we are with the kids from eighth grade all the way through the end of the, their college career. We walk with them, we talk with them, we mentor them, and, 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 and we get them prepared to compete. And so I think that more organizations need to do that where, you know, it's more mentorship going on and there's more opportunities for these kids and these youth to really, really have a mentor who believes in them, who can talk to them, and can really get them prepared to be able to go out into the real world. And so I I believe that organizations like that are very, very valuable. Thank you so, so, so much for your time. Is there anything else that you would like the audience to know about you or Morris Brown College? Yes. Morris Brown College, the uh, first and only historically black college in the state of Georgia that actually was founded by black people for black people. You know, we Mm -hmm. are here. We've been open since 1881. And I would encourage all of your listeners to consider pouring into Morris Brown College as we work to become the first HBCU to get our accreditation back 20 years after losing it. And to please visit our website, morrisbrown.edu. They can click on that gift button and support us in any way that they can. Thank you so much, Dr. James. And thank you for everyone that's been tuning in. Be sure to join us next week when we will bring you another amazing guest. Meanwhile, let us hear from you. We welcome your comments and suggestions. Contact us at 770-376-6114 or email us at ed.jays at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our website and connect with us on Facebook at Black College Sports and Education Foundation. 
Thank you so much. Until next time, have a great week. And thank you so much, Dr. James. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye.